Today, we are entering into a celebration of the goodness of God. Thanksgiving is in November, which is about 60 days away or something like that. I don't know. They're about... But we are entering into a celebration, a celebration of the goodness of God. Anybody want to celebrate with me uh, his goodness? And uh, online, here in the house, we're celebrating. I want to hear more testimonies on Wednesday uh, after service and on su- next Sunday after service. We will set up in our hospitality room. Anybody remember the Welcome Center? Remember that? We will, sell, we will set up a small studio area for individuals that would like to give me a three-minute or less. Did I say three minutes or less? Okay, two minutes or less. Uh, testimony about how God has been good to you. And we'll set that up so that you can come in and speak just for a moment. And then we want to get the word out all over the internet that God is good. We want to flood the, come on, we want to flood the internet with God is good. Say, so, well, this is bad, this is bad. God is good, all right? God is good. And freedom's going to do our part with that. So be a part. And I'm hearing people saying they got some stuff to say. So uh, let us know. I want to look at Psalms 100 today. Psalm 100. We're going to read the whole chapter uh, in Psalm 100. It reads this way. I want you to read with me if you can find that. that whole, there we go. You ready? How many know this? Anybody know this? I had to memorize it when I was a kid. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Shout this. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. I said, God is good. I said, God is good. Father, we thank you for your word and we receive it. We breathe it in. We breathe it out, dear God, your word. We praise you today and acknowledge your goodness and celebrate it in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now, this is one of those topics today. God is good. This is one of those topics that you, this is not something you just need to know about. This has got to be your posture. This has got to be the way that you walk and the way that you talk. Could anybody tell me that God has been good to you? Can you say that? I remember that Waymaker song, even when I don't see it, you're working. Anybody know that? Even when I can't feel it, you're working. What? You never stop. You never. God is good. That's what we say all the time. I think that's one of the reasons that we make it that statement, and that's historically what the church has said. God is good all the time. He's not just good on occasion. Well, God was good yesterday, but today God's having a bad day. That is not the God that I serve. He's been good to me. He's always been good to me. Always been good. Don't make me start telling stories. You know my stories. How many know a story of Rick Hawker about his goodness? Anybody know? How many can tell two or three, maybe four stories of mine that I've told you over and over and over and over again? And look, I've got a library full of his good stories. But let me give you a quick a focus and platform for this teaching. 
We have some problems in our culture and in our world, especially during this time. But there is a revelation that Christians embrace that we celebrate and we act upon. And it is this reality. This is a deep revelation. So as you come back to church and as we see more and more people come during the season, I want you to change the way you think when you think about God. Sometimes when you think about God, you think, yeah, God is big. And yeah, yes, God is creator. And all of these things are important that God's word is true. But I want you, when you think about God, G O D, I also want you to think about God, G O O D. Soon as you think God, I want you to think good. Okay, I'm going to say God, and you say good. It sounds like I'm a cheerleader right now, but I am a preacher. Okay, I said God. You said God is God. Good. God. Look, you guys are so smart. You're just catching on so fast because we have a belief. We have a problem with our belief system, and it it is infecting our prayers. It's infecting our lifestyles. It's infecting our ability to share the gospel. Uh, it's, 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 it infects our ability to share our faith. And it's simply that we have this problem understanding the goodness of God. Now, David challenges this in Psalm 100. He challenges this. And, 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 and if we hear and declare anything at this place, we should, like David challenge others and challenge ourselves to always be focused on the goodness of God. I love Psalm 100. I love, you know, verse one through four uh, ends up, it hinges on verse five. I mean, when you look, make a joyful noise. Somebody somebody make a joyful noise right now. Would you do that? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not like you just want a car on the price is right or something. Okay, let's try that. You just won a car on The Price is Right. Okay. Now, make a joyful noise because God is good. It's kind of, kind of close there. Kind of close. It's really, all of these words are words of praise. If, if you've known me over the years, I used to teach a lot about the words of praise because often in scripture it says thanks or it says praise, but it's they are specific words. They are not just, well, praise God, this generic term. A joyful noise speaks specifically. This is this is a release to respond to God's goodness, is what it is. It is a release. Okay, you're okay to respond to God's goodness. Every day you ought to wake up. Now, if I did this, it would probably scare my wife, but wake up and go, yes, God is good. I'm alive today, and God is gonna do good things in my life. Yes. And some of you think I'm crazy right now, but uh, but God is good. Everything we do is in response to his goodness. Serve the Lord, he says, with gladness. Come before the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness and singing. I like that. Come before his presence with singing. With singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. In fact, he, he goes on in that scripture. He says lots of things like, uh, where he says, come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God is he who has made us. That, down here, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Read that. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now, those words specifically, we often think thanksgiving is I need to give a list 
of all of the things that I should be thankful for. But thanksgiving is the word todah, which means with uplifted hands. That's what it means. Enter his gates with your hands lifted up. Anybody remember the first time you actually had enough guts in church to lift your hands? I still remember the first time I lifted my hands in church. I remember it very well. I was sitting on the front row with my dad in the amen corner at the, at the Bell Avenue Church of God in Hamilton, Ohio. And people started worshiping and we were all standing. And I remember lifting my hands on my own because nobody told me to. And when I did, tears began to just flood my face and joy came into my soul and the Holy Spirit. I don't know. There's just something. It was like I lifted my hands and I connected this to God. I connected. You want to try it real quick? I know I don't have much time, but try it real quick. Just lift your hands. It wasn't exactly what I wanted. I was kind of hoping that, no, no, that was good. I think we ought to lift our hands on occasion. I think you should do it in your front yard, okay? I think you should lift up holy hands. God's people should do that constantly. And then he also says you should give him praise. And that word is the same place where we get the word hallelujah. It is the word tahilah. We should give him praise. And that is uninhibited shouts of praise unto God, of joy unto God. Be thankful to him for he is good. He is good. Now, I want more people to come to church. Anybody else? But I'm glad, I'm glad, when I say come to church, uh, I'm talking about, I'm not saying just into these doors. Anybody ever at your home sometime, you start getting into praise and it's like, I just feel like I came to church. Anybody ever feel that way? I'll ask you this. Have you ever praised God at home the way you praise God here? Have you ever done that? Now, I would like you to start bringing some friends with you to church every Sunday and Wednesday. Now, I'm not talking about the the friends that you're talking about, but I, I want them to come. But I'm talking about two other friends. One's name is Thanksgiving and the other is Praise. You ought to bring Thanksgiving and Praise with you to church. Because we always bring those other friends, defeated, grumpy, unsatisfied, disgruntled, doubt, depressed, frustrated. Those people are always with us. In fact, maybe you ought to bring thanksgiving and praise to your workplace sometime. Maybe you ought to turn your radio on as you're going down the road instead of, what in the world is going over the traffic today? Maybe you ought to bring thanksgiving. Praise God I didn't just get run over today. Praise God he's faithful. Next time you're filling out your budget and you're wondering where all the money is going to come and you're all sad and depressed, maybe you ought to bring thanksgiving and praise to the finances. If you read Psalm 100, you find out that David's heart was fully chasing after God. He is completely, fully chasing after God. He, is, he loves the Lord. He's after the Lord. He, he, he's fully after the Lord. He is, he, he, and here he releases the people to this understanding. It's the New Testament understanding as well. Because in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we seem to see much of his wrath. And his commands. But in the New Testament, we have a revelation of God as something else. He is a loving father. Anybody remember that song? He's a good, good father. It's who you are. In the New Testament, 
We have a revelation of God as this loving father who sits on the front porch and waits for his children to come home, who sends his only son to die while we are still sinners, who is, who is building a place for us eternally. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. So what he's saying when he says that, when you see the miracles that I perform, when you see the words that I speak, when you see me not pass by the lepers, but walk over to the lepers and tell them, you're clean go show yourself to the priest when you see me just standing there and someone touches me and virtue comes out of me and the woman is completely healed when you see me I want you to know that you're seeing a father who loves you who wants to touch you who wants to heal you who wants to help you let me give you some good good news Jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords somebody say say this with me just say one time coronavirus We've heard that a million times. And I think I remember this at the beginning of it, that corona means king. Crowned is what it means. Corona means crowned. So say this, corona is good. Corona is so... No, 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 we're not saying that today, are we? We're not. But God is good. Amen? God is faithful. I, I, I want you to understand that corona is not the king. But sometimes we make doubt and defeat and anger and division our king. We worship it. How do you know you worship it? Because you lift your hands toward it. You talk about it when you come in the gates and out of the gates. It's just constantly the king. I have to turn the news off regularly or I end up worshiping things that are of Satan rather than of God. And I want to say that Jesus is the king. Yeah, we need to be wise. Yeah, wearing face masks might be good and having social distancing might be good. However, Jesus is still the king of kings. I went to a Panera Bread restaurant the other day and they had autumn squash soup. So good. So glad. I just love those autumn. Anybody love those autumn flavors? Anybody? I'm not telling you to run over there. I'm, I'm just saying I had it. And then I went back and I had it again. <laughs> Diane and I went to a new restaurant the other day uh, called Clayton's Counter. Going down Oceana, just a little tiny little, it was set open. We thought, we're just going to go in there. It was Sunday, we were a little hungry, and they had a brunch dish. Diana loved it so much, she took a picture of it and put it on her Facebook. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it, you know, it's some kind of charcuterie or something like that and she put that on her right there in front of me and I had another nice really good sandwich but I reached over to her plate because there was some shiny bacon on her plate and I took it and I ate it can I tell you in all of my life I'm a southern boy that was the best piece of bacon I have ever eaten in my life I want to know what it was so I looked it up it was candied bacon who would have thought that you could candy a bacon? I mean, bacon's good all by itself, but candy that bad boy up. I'm telling you, I grew up in southern Ohio. I used to go to Kentucky and eat my mamaw's house. and it, it, This was the best bacon I've ever experienced. And when I was thinking about David in Psalm chapter 34 and verse 8, I thought David must have been remembering 
Perhaps when he was out in the field as a boy and he began to call upon the Lord and worship the Lord and he heard about the Lord and he felt the presence of the Lord and he began to study about the Lord and in those alone times he discovered and out of his relationship with God, he said, you know what people need to do? They need to taste the candied bacon of God. Sometimes you have tasted everything and what he's saying is, oh, come on, say it out loud. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I said, God is good. No, God is so good. And I'm afraid that some of you have tasted everything but God's candied bacon. We've tasted hell. We've tasted destruction. We've tasted sickness. We've tasted poverty. We've tasted the brokenness of our heart. But God says, this is what David is saying. I want you to stop eating everything else because the things you've eaten over the years ain't nothing. What memo gave you is nothing compared to what God wants to give you. So today I want to introduce you to our good, good God. John 10 verse 10 reads this way. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus, and now if you've seen me, Jesus said you've seen the Father. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now when I'm seeing this, some people get a struggle in this. There are some things that you are saying are from God that are not from God. I didn't get any amens right there. How many know we serve a God who likes to heal us? Anybody believe that? A God who loves to help us. Anybody know that? To get us through things. Anybody know that? We are living in a culture, in a world that is so full of the devil. And we need to be full of candied bacon. We need to be full of God. I love this. I'm enjoying this so much. I, you know, one of the things that I found out at Freedom is that there are people in this room that are full of God. There are people that are full of stories and have a history of God. Some of you have been here for a long, long time. Anybody been here for years? Anybody been here for a decade or so? Anybody, maybe 20 years or so? Where are you? Anybody? And, and sometimes, you know, you get around people and, and they, will just, they will just rub off on you. You just need to be around people. And sometimes in the house, we have folks that are in the house that really have something to say. And one of those is, is a dear brother. I don't think, Kim, Tim, I think you guys have been coming, what, 16 years, 17 years? I don't know. Jordan was just a little girl when she first came, you know. And, uh, and, and, and I, you know, I just love these folks. I've been around. They've been to my house. I've been to their house. Spend some time with them. And the history, you know, the history that Tim Jones has when it comes to God's word and from experiencing the presence of God, he's, he's one of those individuals that you may not have known very well, but I'm going to tag team with him today because Tim would like to tell you about how good God is. Would you welcome your brother, Tim Jones? It's always a tough act to follow. Um, I would have liked to have heard the, the closing from the pastor. Um, Rick mentioned last week that um, he prays before meals, and I think most of us pray before meals. Um, my wife is usually, if we're out in public, she's the one that prays. Um, not that I'm ashamed, but um, she's just a, a better prayer than me, I guess. And my go-to prayer as a kid, and I don't even know that it's still around today, some of the younger people that in the room may recognize that the um, God is great, God is 
good. So that is still around, and I'm an old guy. Um, and it wasn't until I was probably 14 or 15 that my dad wouldn't let me use that anymore. He, he said, hey, you got to come up with something a little more original. You're, you're driving a car. I mean, so surely you can come up with a, a little better prayer. But, and, and I was glad to see that, that Rick, um, in his opening, talked about the, I think it's referred to um, in the biblical sense as a liturgical response. See, when the minister would say, God is good, the church would respond all the time. And the pastor would say, all the time. God is good. But, you know, I never really knew, much like I don't know where my childhood prayer came from, I never really knew where that came from. And, and sometimes in, in really delving into the goodness of God, it helps to, to do a little bit of research and expound on it and expand our knowledge because I think what we'll find out is that his goodness knows no bounds. See, there's a small country on the western coast of Africa, Liberia, and for a period of about 15 years, and in recent times, I'm not talking back in the day, I'm talking like late 80s, early 90s, over a quarter of a million Liberian Christians were murdered in a civil war. And, and the, the things that I read about as I was reading the accounts of missionaries that were there, there were children taken from their homes in the middle of the night, never to be seen again. There were the Christians having to live out in what they refer to as the bush where they had no food, they had no water, they had no medicine. But in all that was going on, they were such a sold-out group of believers that were under attack that they, they came up with that mantra that whenever they would make eye contact with someone that was in hiding or that was in an internment camp, that was their, their opening statement, God is good. And sometimes they couldn't even say it where it could be heard, it was just mouthed. It, see, it makes it a lot more powerful when you understand the, the, the why behind the what. And, and, you know, maybe our problem isn't so much that we, we have a broken understanding. I think that, it's, that we fail to realize all that's wrapped up in that great basket of God's goodness. Uh, my, my mom, I, in fact, I'll get choked up if I talk much about it, so I won't. I usually have one of my brothers here that'll keep me laughing. Um, but... I stopped by her house yesterday, and she said, son, just get up and, and tell your story. You know, where the Lord brought you from. You, you left home um, with, with, from a dad that really didn't see the benefit of higher education. I always wanted to go to college. You know, my dad was an 8th grade dropout. My mom had an 11th grade dropout. Um, really no means to go to college. So I left home to go out of state to college with 20 bucks in my pocket to a father. And I've told pastors to a father that said, this is the dumbest thing you've ever done. You'll be back in two weeks with your tail between your legs. And I think, what has it been, 35 years, and I haven't been back. Um, but but we, we just have the broken understanding. We, we, sometimes we, we relegate his, God's goodness to the tangible things. You know, we look at somebody that's just got a big promotion, somebody that's got a place to live coming this Thursday. That Ed McMahon shows up at your house with a big check. You know, and we're jumping up and down. You see the people that it just pours over them. They're crying. The... Uh, the new house, my daughter's got a new house, wonderful house there in Nashville. And, um, and if I had more time, I'd tell you the backstory of that because it, it um, it, it's a clear illustration of God's goodness to us. The, for the young people, and maybe the not-so-young people, it's you know, finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright. And not to be confused as Mr. or Miss Wright now, it's Mr. or Mrs. Wright. I mean, that, that's, that is God's goodness. And um, the creation around us, um, the new car, my wife got me a car recently. He's awesome. 
I think it's the first new car I've gotten in 15 years and love it. But those are the things that we can easily associate and attach to the goodness of a loving Heavenly Father. But I think it goes much deeper than that. See, in our, in our broken understanding, we, we struggle to remember. Um, the scripture, rather, from um, 1 Timothy, where Paul was writing to Timothy. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm the worst. But for the very reason I was shown mercy, emphasis on mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul ends this so beautifully. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, we, we, we struggle to remember because we sometimes it's painful to look back. You know, you think of those situations where, you know, um, in God displaying his goodness by withholding what we truly deserve, you know, the, his judgment, you know, when we went places we shouldn't have gone, talked about things we shouldn't have talked about, just all of the things that we've all got wrapped up in, just think if the all-knowing God, and, and trust me, he knows everything. He's seen every hiccup, every misstep, every time you misspoke. I mean, he, he sees it. So the, the expression that big brother's always watching, well, the big father's always watching. So there's nothing that we have gotten away with. Um, I, I like to golf um, whenever I can. And a couple of Fridays ago, I was, a few Fridays ago, I was going to play in a golf tournament over in the far reaches of Williamsburg. And my office is in Greenbrier. And I, the Waze app, which is awesome, um, I had put in there that morning, here's where I'm going. I need to be there by 1230. And it prompted me, okay, you need to leave by 1115. So much like the teenager in the snooze button, when Waze was prompting me, hey, you need to get out of the office and go to Williamsburg, I didn't make it. Um, so it got to be like an hour um, before I was supposed to be there, and I jump in my car, and I'm barreling through the HRBT. As soon as I get on 64, I happen to look down, and I think I was going 84 miles an hour. And to my surprise, it's not the speed limit. I think it was posted at 60. And as quickly as I looked up from the 84, I saw a motorcycle state trooper. And he had this neat little contraption. He was... Um, and I'm sure he would just light me up, and I'm thinking, man, I'm really going to be late. Now, now, what bothers me is I wasn't thinking, man, I'm going to get a ticket. I was thinking, I'm going to miss my tea time. <laughs> and and I, I hope to the good Lord, I know with the virtual congregation that, um, that my insurance agent's not watching, but I had a lot of tickets. Um, 24 or so. Now, again, I've been driving a number of years, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rationalize that that's not a lot. I mean, I've, again, I've been driving a long time, but I get, I've had a lot of tickets. Now, in, I, I'm six years sober from tickets, uh, but, but I, um, my wife will be driving home because I didn't want to jinx myself. But anyway, the, the, the cop, he lit me up and turned on his blue lights. But as quickly as he turned them on, he turned them off. Now, either... He didn't feel like writing, or, or maybe God's mercy. I'm, I'm going to go with, with that one. I thought, man, whew, did I get away with that one? And, and, and it is the same way with God. Think of all of the times we deserve so much different than what we got, and he showed us mercy. 
So in, in, as, as, as David has written, you know, the, the interesting thing about the, the psalmist is that if you, if you delve into Scripture and you really get to know the cast of characters, you know, Paul, who referred to himself as the worst of sinners, um, David... You know, David, I know, is referred to as a God after own heart, but he wasn't a good guy. I mean, if we're honest, you know, of the, of the 150 chapters in the book of Psalms, 73 of them are David on the mountaintop, and he's worshiping. He's singing praises. Well, the other 77, you know, he's hiding. He's on the run. He's a wanted man with a price tag on his head. He's, he's hanging out with the, in the enemy camp, the Philistines. I mean, so if you kind of balance it all, you're thinking, wow, man, okay, I, I might want to believe what this guy wrote because I can relate. Uh, at 23.6, surely goodness and mercy or love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. For my, my point there is that you, you, if you're like me, you've gotten away with a lot of stuff. And, and, and God, at that time, didn't bring down the wrath of his judgment on your, your missteps. But thank goodness, as we see that, it endures forever. All the days of my life, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So we need to recognize, and um, I made a note here, and I'm, I'm going to, I know i got to talk fast, but, but just, just yesterday I was in my closet, and my, my cardiologist, who happens to be a good buddy of mine, um, he told me a couple of months back, and I, I could be a cardiologist because I'll give him the copay, and he says, you need to lose weight and work out. I mean, that's... If, and that's, I think that's all he ever does. Um, and, and, and Kim knows him well. Dr. Chung, he may be, June Chung, he may be your, one of your cardiologist, but that's, that's his um, prescription for having a, a healthy heart is lose weight, work out well. So I start to lose weight. But there's, there's an, an area of my closet that I just won't go near. And, and it's what I call my skinny clothes. I just won't. It's too painful. I mean, like, I don't want to look at them. I never try them on. But, but you know what? You, you go to the fat side. Just yesterday, I was putting on, because I've, I've lost a little bit of weight. I had on some fat clothes. And, man, I, was, I walked out of my closet into the mirror. I'm like, man, I'm doing so good. And, and that little voice said, well, go, go to the other side of the closet. I'm like, no, no. Not going near there. I mean, those, man, I hadn't worn those things for eight or ten years. But... We, we, we just don't, it's too painful to, to get alone with ourselves, get alone with God, reading into Scripture and just saying, Lord, I think it was Rusty Goodman. I, I grew up in a southern gospel home. used to sing a song, please, and I'm not saying Rick's a really good singer. I'm not. Please don't let me see the man I used to be. Remove the scars. You know, I, I don't know that I agree with that because I think sometimes when you look at that, where you've been brought from and the times that you have been spared, it is rich. And, and we need to not forget. Now, I'm not saying to dwell on the past, but we need to be thankful for God's goodness that he displayed his mercy when we deserve so much different. So we, we, we fail to remember, but we also fail to accept. You know, God's goodness is demonstrating that he gives us what we absolutely do not deserve. That's grace. You know, sometimes we interchange mercy and grace or kind of Two terms on the same coin, and you know, mercy is not getting what you really deserved, and grace is getting what you really didn't deserve, which is God's grace. And Paul wrote in Corinthians 12 and 9, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast 
All the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. But you know, the thing about grace, a little different than mercy, grace is only grace if you accept it. In 1829, there was a gentleman by the name of George Wilson. And for the history bus that may ring familiar, and it's not to be confused with Dennis the Menace, Mr. Wilson. Um, but it's an altogether different guy. And Mr. George Wilson, he fell into the wrong crowd. He was a good guy. Um, for all, all accounts and records, I mean, just an upstanding guy fell into the wrong crowd, hooked up with a guy named Mr. Porter. And they thought it would be a good idea to, to rob a mail carrier. Now, now the, the, the penal code was a lot different in the 1800s. So um, Andrew Jackson was president at the time. And, and they were arrested, they were convicted, and they were sentenced to hanging. Now, really, for robbing a mailman? I mean, hanging. Not too long after that, Mr. Porter was the first to experience the hangman's noose. And the sentence was carried out. A group of influential friends, because again, George Wilson was a, a stand-up guy. He, he was connected. So some influential people started petitioning the courts. And it went all the way to President Andrew Jackson. Much to their surprise, President Jackson was moved with compassion and issued a pardon. So and, and, and it was the the... The style of that day that when a pardon was issued that there would be a commissary that, or I think they called them a dispatch would go by carriage um, to, to the court system. It would go through the attorney. They would go to the defendant sitting in a dismal dank jail cell and say, hey, man, you're off the hook. Jackson was so moved in this situation that he sent his right-hand guy, I'll call it his lieutenant, to deliver the good news. Hey, George, you're, you're not going to suffer the same fate. As, as Mr. Porter, you're, you're off the hook. There's, there's no, you're off the noose. Um, but in this, in this situation, George Wilson refused it. And you think, how can you refuse a pardon? You know, what a fool. And, and, and it, was, it was so unheard of and unprecedented that it ended up going to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, which is in the news nowadays, um, held in this opinion, well, it's his right. You don't have to accept grace. And, and if you don't accept it, then the pardon is nullified. You know, and, and you like me, you're thinking, man, this dude was crazy. I mean, to be marched out in a public square with a hood over your head, knowing that in an instant, your life is going to be snuffed out. But, you know, if, but if we are honest, there are people that may be here today, I hope not, Maybe in the virtual congregation. Don't we, don't we all know people that do that? You know, um, Paul writes in Ephesians that it's for by grace that you're saved through faith. Right? And that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. How many people turn it down? Is it any different? The, the things that, that God wants to bestow on his children, we just, we, we just fail to sometimes accept all that is good and given from God. And I know my time is running out because we've got to clear the room. We fail to realize that God's will is that his goodness, that he's going to be so good to us that it's going to lead us to repentance. You know, in, in Romans 4, 2 and 4, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing 
that God's kindness, and this is, this is so powerful, is intended to lead you to repentance. You know, he wants to be so good to us that wherever we are in our journey, that we turn from the way that we maybe shouldn't be living. You know, I, I'm going to, to love you through this. I'm going to love you in spite of what you've been doing. You just need to come back. We've all been guilty of looking at others and in our judgmental mind, we, we say, man, those people are like the devil, but they still prosper. God not only blesses believers, but also unbelievers. There are even times when he has used an unbeliever to deliver his goodness. I got a quick story. My grandmother was a godly woman. Um, and my grandfather was a, a country evangelist and uh, took care of people's farms and my mom was one of 12 kids. They were dirt poor, as you, as you would imagine. And, and he would sometimes go preach at churches. And when they would take up an offering, there were an equally poor congregation. So the, the offering would consist of farm goods, baked goods, which, which was timely because, see, the, at the one time, the, and my mom's probably streaming this, so she might fact-check me on it, but I think there were nine kids under the age of 14 living in a one-room shack. Um, so they were hungry. So my mom, can, when telling me the story, my grandmother is that the kids were excited because, I mean, we're going to have a good Sunday dinner. But, but my grandfather, in his generosity and compassion, he almost always without fail would find who he thought was more poor than him, and he would give all the goods to them and go home to empty cupboards. On this one time, he did that. And on the, the carriage ride or ever how they, they, they commuted, um, the kids were hungry, wanting to eat. And my grandma said, kids, when you get home, I want you to keep your church clothes on because we're going to have us a Sunday dinner. And my mom, being the more vocal one of the nine kids, Mama, how are you going to do that? Daddy gave all the food away. Child, don't sass me. Keep your clothes on. Girl, set the table. And um, I don't know that you realize it, but Uber Eats and DoorDash is not a new thing. It's been around for a while. The, so the kids get home and... I shrugged around and started doing what they were told. It wasn't too long after, there was a knock at the door. And my grandma didn't flinch. She knew what it was. So they go run into the door of this little shack, and there stood a man who was one of the more affluent men in this little town, Pulaski, Virginia. We talked about it the other day at lunch. And he had satchels of groceries. And my grandma looks and says, I told you the Lord. And my mom said, but mama. I've heard you yourself say that man is the devil. He's a drunk. Child, God sent it even if he had the devil deliver it. <laughs> so God is, we fail to realize his goodness. So in closing, we need to take the time away from the noise of life and take inventory of the many ways that God has displayed his goodness to us. And because of his goodness, here's, here's, here's three things, because it wouldn't be a sermonette for the Christianettes, I think you referred to, if, if I didn't have three things. Because of his goodness and his mercy and his grace and his providence, we need to, one, we need to trust him. That next time that, that we get in a bind, before we reach for the bottle, reach for the pack, whatever, whatever our outlet is, head to the golf course, which I do, I head to the golf course, um, we need to trust him. And we need to remember. And then we need to praise him. You know, I, the, the song that, that, that Emery and, and the worship team sang, I love that song. That is my Monday morning go-to commute song. And then lastly, after we praise him, we need to imitate him. You know, sometimes the, the people may not realize that, that are unbelievers, 
the goodness of God. They might not even believe in God. But if, if, they, if, if they are afforded the goodness of God through our hands, through our acts, it's in a small thing. And then being careful to give glory to God. You know, maybe that is the avenue through which that they will come to know him. Hey, you know, that, that Tim, he's a really good guy. You know, you know he, he's always helped us out of a bind when he was able. I wonder why. And, man, I love when they ask me. Because I, I, I say, because I'm, you know, I, I'm blessing you because I'm so richly blessed. And, and I'm, there's a part of me that's afraid if I stop blessing others that, that God will withhold his blessing from me. So call me self. God is so richly full of blessings and good to us so that we can, in turn, be good and bless others. Yeah. Amen. Esther. Well, Stand. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. All right. I want you to lift your hands and say with me, God is good. I want you to say it. Say it. God is good. Tim, what a story. You know that every day people are dying because of their faith. Did you know that? Every day. And Jesus taught us. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. In other words, he actually says, I've got something better than death. I've got resurrection for all of you. So when you're facing that, when you're facing the difficulty, when you're facing the trial, hear me. Hear what I'm saying. God is good. And some of you right now, you get so wrapped up in the brokenness of the moment that you forget all of the good things that God has already done for you. Somebody shout, if you are saved. Would you do that if you are saved? Somebody shout, if you're saved. Anybody in the house that's saved, shout. Come on, with thanksgiving. Shout for joy that you're saved. Yes, I'm saved. All right. Sometimes I think Tim and I are related because he'll tell a story and it's like, that was my story. You know, it's my mom's story when my drunk grandfather was out spending all the money and abusing everyone and there was no food there. Mama said to mom and Larry and Betty, her brother and sister, God's going to provide. And somebody knocked on the door just a few minutes later and had a big bag of groceries and said, the Lord told me to drop this here. Anybody been in those situations? Maybe you weren't in that situation. It wasn't that era. But has anybody had God provide for you and all you knew is you needed provision? Anybody been in that situation? Have you ever said, well, God's going to provide or God's just going to have to provide or no, God's going to provide for me. How many know that God has been good in your past? He will be good in your future. Do you understand that the God who healed you yesterday is still your healer today? Anybody know that? It's like by his wounds we are healed. And his wounds are still providing healing for us today. God is good. Somebody said he's good. He's good. Make some refrigerator art. Do something. Don't forget, don't let the enemy rob you of this truth. And this is what I believe. I believe it's spiritual warfare in this season. That some of us have failed to remember his goodness. All my life he has been faithful. Say it, all my life he has been faithful. Where are you? All my life. Is there anybody that would say, if it hadn't been for his goodness, I would be dead? Where are you? Where? And you've got stories to back it up. You were so lost and so broken. 
maybe it was just that moment where his grace interrupted your mess. Anybody had that moment where you knew you were lost, you knew you were broken, but somehow in your mess, God interrupted your life with a message, with a whisper, with a messenger, with somebody who sat down with you, with a phone call, right? With, you were watching something on TV. It wasn't even the right thing. But somehow, in the midst of all of the mess, God said, I'm here and I love you and I haven't forgotten you. How many were saved at a moment like that? Anybody saved at a moment like that? Where Jesus. If it were not for his mercy... Where are the people in this room that, like Paul, could say, this one thing I know, Jesus came to this world to save sinners, and I was the worst. I mean, if we had a sinner competition, I'm talking about the secrets. The things you haven't confessed and told anybody about. Come on, anybody? Your goodness is running after, running after me. Your goodness, your goodness is running after, running after me. Two things. Two things. What we receive today is a celebration of the goodness of the Lord. He was so good that he allowed his body to be broken. Tim, you're throwing old songs out there. Rusty Goodman, really? I grew up singing Rusty, you know. Remember, there's a lighthouse on a hillside. Nobody knows that but me and Tim and a few others. I'm thinking of old moments in my life. How many know that Jesus died for you? Anybody know that Jesus died for you? Sometimes when I take the bread and I drink the cup and I put that piece of bread in my mouth and I'm working on it and I'm thinking, couldn't it have been sweeter? Could I tell you there is nothing sweeter. There is no bread better than the broken body of our Lord Jesus. If you need healing today, he's here for your healing, your heart healing, your physical healing. Say amen if that's the truth. By his wounds, say it with me, by his wounds, I am healed. Say it, by his wounds, I am healed. I reject sin, I reject my past. By his wounds, I'm healed. By his wounds, my heart is healed. I receive this bread. The body of Christ, take and receive the body of Christ. How many have some nasty sin you could talk about? Anybody have some nasty sin? I'm talking about some real mess, some real brokenness. But God has been good. And he said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant. My blood that is poured out for you. For you. For you. For you. My sin is gone. Somebody shout, God is good. This cup that you receive is a celebration of the goodness of the Lord. Come on, lift it up. Here's to the goodness of the Lord. Here's to the goodness of the Lord. We are part of the body of Christ. His blood washes me from all of my sins.
Now for some of you, it, this might move you, and this is what Tim was saying as we were concluding. That goodness of God should move you to repentance. So some of you need to come to Jesus today. You need to surrender your life over to a good, good God. Am I right? He has been chasing you for years. And today is the day that God would call you to repentance. Is there anybody in the house that just needs to surrender yourself over to Christ? Just wave at me. I need to surrender myself over to the Lord Jesus. Come and stand with me. I want to pray with you. Some of my prayer workers would like to pray with you if you just need to give your life to Jesus. Or if some of you would like to receive some of the goodness of God. We've set aside this particular part of the front of the building so you could come and somebody could pray. So you could receive the grace and the mercy of God so that you could experience. Just come and stand over here to my right and somebody will meet you here in just a moment yeah come on over and stand right here and we'll pray with you wherever you are i want you to lift your hand towards me right now would you do that i offer you the goodness of the lord the lord bless you the lord keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace we're going to pray with you and as we dismiss the service listen a few things that are happening we have in the front yard some of our hospitality team that is back. They're giving away treats to everybody on the way out. It's just goodness. And also, we have somebody taking pictures because today is back to church. We want to take pictures of some of you and your families as you have come back to church. You and your church today. May the Lord bless you and give you peace. Be dismissed when you choose. Come forward and we'll pray with you. God bless you. You are dismissed. Sing, sing, sing as you're leaving the house. Your goodness. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. Your goodness is running after, is running after me. Yeah, Your goodness is running after, is running after me. So praise God. That kid just gave her life to Jesus this morning. Praise God.